0: The royal family celebrates Father's Day as Prince William turns 40. Find out how he feels about his milestone
1: birthday. And I think that being 40 is is just yet another moment in that progression towards eventually one day becoming the Prince of Wales himself and then in turn the king. And I think that he's taking on board all of the increased work and seriousness that goes with all that.
0: Duchess Camilla talks about being scrutinized by the press as Buckingham Palace will not release a report to the public on the investigation into claims that Meghan Markle bullied Palace staff.
1: This should end. I don't think it should be released into public. This doesn't need to feed and fuel the soap opera that surrounds the royal family. That is not their interest. That is not their business. And whether that is in the interest of tabloids and newspapers around the world is another matter.
0: And Lady Violet Manners takes us inside some of the most historical british mansions
2: just as with Scoon, beaver created an entire suite of rooms for queen victoria which um actually she only stayed for something like two or three nights. So, um, you know, that, that was like that, that was
0: that worked back then. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina. That's Christine. And welcome to another big week of royal news. Prince William is officially 40.
3: I can't believe it. I feel I like know. he was just like the teenage heartthrob on my bedroom wall. Seriously, how far we've come. Um, So we have a little inside peek about how he was celebrating and how
0: he feels about this milestone birthday. But before we get to all of that, let's see what you guys had to say about last week's show, which was a lot. I think it was our top um, viewed show of all time. So thank you guys so much for tuning in week after week and commenting. Um, But the first one goes to Janet says, in all fairness to the royal family, no one knew if Harry and Meghan Markle were coming over for the Jubilee until a few days before the event. The senior royal schedule would have been worked out months ago. I'm sure Harry would have been aware of all of this. There's no room for criticism on this issue. This is, um, I think, in reference to Jonathan's um, interview last week saying, you know, why Harry, uh, why William wasn't at a Lilibet's first birthday because they were in Wales. And like they said, these schedules are planned months and months in advance.
3: Yeah. And there's like so many moving parts, so Mm -hmm. many people to consider. I think that she said like, there's not a lot of room for criticism just because it would be impossible to plan these things, you know, like this. Totally. Uh, Raymond
0: says those two will make peace in time. Talking about Harry and William, they are brothers with strong bonds brandished in similar similar trauma I like them both and hope and pray they will get through all of this. We hope so too, oh, but I mean, that's us, a nice comment. I know was yeah. so nice. Nice too much to talk about, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it would be nice if the brothers get back together. And then um Firebear FL says the queen's attitude toward Camilla has certainly evolved over the years. I think we can all agree to that. Um, you know, she has been named queen consort. Camilla gives this really um, telling and interesting interview to British Vogue, which we'll break down in a little bit as well. So, uh Camilla, definitely in the news a lot lately. All
3: right. Yeah, well, I, I'm excited to talk about her a little bit in the show because I think that there's um, so, I so much to discuss.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our Royal Roundup. And like we said, Prince William is officially 40. The Duke of Cambridge celebrated his birthday and Father's Day by releasing a brand new image alongside his children, Prince George, Princess Charlotte, and Prince Louis. I love this photo. It was taken um, in Jordan on holiday um, last year, and uh, they, he, they just look so happy together.
3: It is the cutest photo. Something about charlotte's face is really endearing Mm -hmm. like she they're clearly cracking up at something their mother has done um Mm -hmm. kate is the photographer on this one um and I just thought it was such a fun, you know, it's such a normal photo. I saw a couple people posting photos that were their families in the same pose. And I just loved how, again, it's relatable.
0: It is. It's so relatable. And this was actually the same spot that they shared their Christmas photo in. So they must have had a great time on this holiday. Um, it clearly looks like it. And the Royals, of course, wished him a happy birthday as well. Um, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Charles's uh, respective Instagram accounts um, shared some throwback photos, wishing him a very happy 40th birthday. All right. So a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people are on the fence about turning 40. They either they love it, they hate it. But we (laughs) wanted to find out how William was feeling about it and also how he feels about his future in the monarchy. So we recently caught up with Jonathan Sacradotti. Who helped us break it all down? Take a look. Well, how do you think that he feels about turning the big four zero, and how do you think he views his role um, as the future king? Well,
1: I can tell you how I felt about it a couple of years ago, but um, you know, I guess these days forty isn't isn't that bad, says he, desperately uh, clinging to clinging to youth. Uh, I think. He's he lost his hair ages ago, so I'm doing better than him on that one. Um, I think that you know it's it's an important moment in all seriousness. I think uh, it, it's a sign of maturity. It's a landmark age. I think also we saw in the jubilee celebrations just how seriously he's taking his role. There was a time when there was a bit of criticism about how Prince William was was taking his role, um, how seriously he was he was engaging in activities, and they, they said at the time that he was a, a young father looking after young children and that it was perfectly reasonable that he should want to concentrate on that a bit. He also worked, of course, as as a helicopter pilot. So I think that... Um, You know, there's been criticism in the past, but I think that's long gone far behind us. I think everyone's got an enormous amount of respect for the work that he's doing now, along with Charles. And I think that being 40 is, is just yet another moment in that progression towards eventually one day becoming the Prince of Wales himself and then in turn the king. And I think that he's taking on board all of the increased work and seriousness that goes with all that
0: mm-hmm, definitely do you know if they have big celebrations in store
1: well my invitation must have got lost in the post same here uh, so <laughs> what can i say i don't know uh, it won't be much of for party unless we're there so what can yeah. i say and i think uh, th- there are some rumors that the queen might be doing something for him um but again i think that any private celebration they do will be exactly that. I don't think they'll want masses of attention for it. Um, and I don't think they'll look for masses of attention. I hate to say it because I know I'm going to get criticised in your comments below, but uh, let's uh, some other members of the family made more of a fuss over their 40th. I don't see something similar on his part, but you never know. There may be an initiative that he takes on for his yeah. 40th. And, and if he does, I'm sure it will be one that he thinks is, is important and valid, uh, but I suspect they'll, they'll keep it classy the <laughs> They'll keep it stylish. They'll they'll do what they can, and he'll keep on working, you know, around the the date as well. It's it's work as usual. There is also the five pound coin that's being released. Oh, for right, 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 that's right, Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, there will be a five pound coin minted for Prince William's fortieth birthday, which will show him alone on on one face of the coin, and of course the Queen on the other face. So that's quite nice that we'll have the two of them on the coin. It's the first time he'll be shown on a coin on his own. Mm-hmm. He was depicted on a coin with Kate um, to celebrate their wedding, but this is the first time he'll on his own and it's actually quite a daring pose for a coin if you can be daring as a royal on a coin he's in a sort of three-quarter pose rather than the the full profile that's more traditional mm-hmm. which i think again is a, is an interesting choice and it shows him uh, at, at this sort of cusp of uh, between youth and middle age let's say mm-hmm. and and with an increasing seriousness uh, to be immortalized on a coin is is something that, you know, for centuries has been an important part of, of being a a Royal and eventually a Monarch. So that's quite exciting too.
0: Yeah. Like Jonathan said, it seems like William has definitely taken on more responsibility. He's taking this role very seriously and we are seeing that in a, in a few of the different um, things that he's been doing recently, especially helping um, the homeless. He wrote this great essay for big issue magazine. And in it, he wrote, I was 11 when I first visited a homeless shelter with my mother, who in her own imitable style was determined to shine a light on an overlooked, misunderstood problem. In the 30 odd years since I've seen countless projects in this space grow from strength to strength, including charities of which I have had the honor of being patron. He added as she instinctively knew. And as I continue to try and highlight the first step to fixing a problem is for everyone to see it for what it truly is. Um, This was of course, when he went undercover to sell those um, issues of the big issue magazine. And I just think this, this is a great essay.
3: It's, it was so move, it was such a moving project. So the big issue is a, is a magazine that sort of um, created in an entrepreneurial spirit that helps give homes, people or people who are struggling um, a, a means of, a financial means, sort of a job. And so you'll see people everywhere selling the big issue and it can come with a little bit of a stigma. Mm -hmm. And I think that Prince William standing up there as future King of England, being a seller of the big issue really, um, sent a huge message. This is a cause that is so important to him. He's out there to, you know, really fight against homelessness and people who sleep rough and, you know, destigmatize these issues. Yeah, definitely. And he's following in the footsteps
0: of his mother, Princess Diana. And Speaking of Diana, Kate Middleton recreated her polka dot look for the royal ascot. I love this. She and William made their ascot debut in the carriage professional and Kate wore a brown and white polka dot dress by Alessandra Rich paired with a hat featuring floral details and a top by Sally Ann Provan. So back in 1986, Princess Diana also chose to wear a polka dot ensemble to a different horse racing event, the Epsom Derby. Um, Kate also gave a nod to her late mother-in-law by accessorizing with uh, the South Sea Pearl earrings that previously belonged to Diana she wore the jewels on many occasions in the 90s, including an English National Ballet Gala performance in Budapest and in 1992 when she paired the earrings with this Spencer tiara. Um, I mean, yeah, you hate to do it, but who wore it best?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I don't know. I, I'm going to give it to Kate this time because I think that... Um, only because Ascot is a bit more dressy than Epsom Mm -hmm. Darby. So I loved the dressier style, you know, with the big diamond earrings and everything. Mm -hmm. I thought it was amazing, but it was immediately the photo comparisons came up and there was no way Kate didn't know. You know, Mm -hmm. most of the time when they compare her style to Diana, I think, "Mm, I don't know, like that's kind of a stretch, but this one just seemed really obvious
0: to me. Oh, 100%. And polka dots seem to be uh, the trend of the Royals because Princess Beatrice was also wearing polka dots That's the Royal Ascot looking fabulous as always. Um, But a big, obviously the person of the hour missing was Queen Elizabeth. She missed the Ascot for
3: the very first time ever surprised by this i i mean i am but i'm not i think if she's going to be anywhere it would have been ascot again we've said week after week she loves her horses but i think she was probably watching it comfortably from the sofa back at windsor castle yeah
0: she had a big week of course with the jubilee a lot of
3: celebrations and you know it's it's a lot
0: and when you're 92 years old it's a lot of a (laughs) lot of movement yeah so um, uh but like you said i'm sure she was watching from the comfort of her very own home (laughs) or very own (laughs) castle (laughs) yes um all right well uh we we mentioned this earlier, but the Duchess of Cornwall gave a rare interview to British Vogue about her married life to Prince Charles. She said, it's not easy sometimes, but we do always try to have a point in the day when we meet. Sometimes it's like ships passing in the night, but we always sit down together and have a cup of tea and discuss the day. You know, when we go away, the nicest thing is that we actually sit and read our books in different corners of the same room. It's very relaxing because, you know, you don't have to make conversation. I feel you on that one. Um, (laughs) So during the conversation, she also opened up about what it was like to be scrutinized by the press. She didn't mention Diana by name, but kind of alluded to it a little bit. She said, I was scrutinized for such a long time that you just have to find a way to live with it. Nobody likes to be looked at all the time and, you know, criticize, but I think in the end, I sort of rise above it and get on with it. You've got to get on with life. Um, very interesting. I feel like we haven't really heard her speak like this before.
3: Yeah, this is such a such um, candor coming from her. I think for so long, she's kept her head down. She's kept a low profile. She's just quietly continued her work. Mm-hmm. And now as we sort of see the inevitable preparation for her future role, we're hearing from her a little bit more. We're seeing more of her projects, um, you know, being pushed to the forefront of the Royal Family's work. And it's um, been very interesting. I found this this commentary about, you know, the scrutiny she's received mm-hmm. so interesting because we can compare it to Diana, we can compare it to what um, Sarah, the Duchess of York has said about the scrutiny, and we can compare it to what you know, Megan, the Duchess of Sussex has yeah. said about the media scrutiny. When you, you look at it, there's so many different ways to handle this really unique spotlight that they're put under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're so right.
0: It's got to be an enormous amount of pressure. And, um, just to, like she said, you kind of just got to get on with life and just kind of live right. it. And, you know, the, the, I mean, yes, you know, the say what you want about her. She did have to go through a lot. And a lot of people had a lot of
3: opinions uh, about her and how, So, but she endured it and here she is. I think she I really admire her for what she's endured. Right. You know, there was so much such a long tumultuous history in, in mm-hmm. her role within the royal family, right. if you will. But lately, I've, she's just such incredible work for, you know, survivors of domestic violence, yeah. for mm-hmm. reading and literacy. I mean, I really admire her these days. Definitely. Definitely. All
0: right. Well, let's um, circle back to Duchess Kate, because she held her first roundtable discussion with UK politicians as she championed her royal work on early childhood development. She urged that there is more we can all do to prioritize the well-being of children, whether it be directly helping a child or by investing in the adults around them. So take a quick look.
1: So if you really want to really try and prevent
2: these challenges in life, address the growing rate of poor mental health, thrive as individuals and build a happier, healthier, more nurturing society. Our priority, as Ellen has just mentioned, really does need to be ideas of life from conception
0: we've we've been talking about this for a while this is a, a cause that is very important to her early childhood development from uh birth to year five um but yeah she is uh she's really pushing for this and this is like her first big round table with politicians
3: right i mean this is going to be i think her life's legacy yep. is um early childhood aware you know support mm-hmm. well-being and this is really really interesting i would almost mark this as borderline huge for a member of the royal family because for mm-hmm. so long the comment has been that the royal family doesn't engage in politics you know they have to stay apolitical they have to stay out of politics but this was literally a round table with politicians so it's going to be really interesting to see how this you know how this uh, changes the role of the royal family you know can they influence policy while remaining you know politically neutral yeah very interesting all right well let us spill
0: some royalty and Speaking of things that are interesting, the Sunday Times reported (laughs) that the investigation run by an independent law firm into Meghan Markle's bullying claims is over and the findings will not be revealed. So sources told the Times that it is officially buried because the royals wanted to limit the tensions between the Sussexes and the palace, but they are improving the policies and procedures. So, yeah, so we'll never find out what they actually found in this case because they wanted to limit tensions. But uh,
3: this is very interesting. I, um, I find it's the wording of limiting the tensions between the Sussexes and the palace is very. leading in the sense that you could read in all different directions it almost it almost would have been easier to not bury it and have a concrete answer so that we don't speculate on it for the next several years yes
0: definitely well to break this down even further we caught up with our friend jonathan sacrodoti to help us break it all down take a look jonathan can you explain why the palace would want to keep the investigation between themselves and the Meghan Markle bullying allegations under wraps. They said that this is officially buried. So what exactly does this mean?
1: I think there are a few reasons why the report won't be published into the allegations of bullying against Meghan. Uh, Mostly it's because I think it would be wholly inappropriate for them to publish the report The report was paid for privately by the Queen and was conducted by an independent law firm. And I think they'll keep it private now to protect the privacy of those people who took part and to limit tensions between the Sussexes and the Palace. Let's remember that I think in any workplace, if there were an internal inquiry into bullying allegations, it would seem totally inappropriate for it to be then splashed across the press, to have the names of the people involved in articles, to have people speculating about their lives, about what happened in the office where the bullying took place or alleged bullying. I think it would just not be an appropriate thing to do to safeguard those people's well-being. And I think the same applies to the relationship between the palace and Meghan herself. I don't think it's going to do anyone any favours if they start to put all this out there now and start to flame anger between the two parties. Instead, I think that they've acted responsibly to undertake the investigation, because if there were allegations of bullying, they need to look into them, as any employer should do, uh, whether they're the royal family or not. They still have to take care of the well-being of their staff and to deal with allegations like bullying. And I think they are then going to take on board the report and see what they can do internally to make sure that this sort of thing in future is less likely to be a problem for staff members. The original complaint, remember, was made in October 2018 by Jason Now, the then communications secretary for the Sussexes, who later served as the chief executive of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's Royal Foundation, and that ha- he served in that post until January this year. In a formal complaint, Prince William's then private secretary and the senior courtier in the household said, I'm very concerned that the Duchess was able to bully two PAs out of the household in the past year. So it is a very serious allegation. In fact, he went on to describe her behaviour as totally unacceptable, adding that the Duchess always seemed intent on having someone in her sights. And he remained concerned, he said, that nothing will be done. I think, bearing all that in mind, the Palace had no option, really, but to investigate these bullying allegations. And now that they've got the, alleg- the, the investigation done, uh, they have their position on the allegations, and they're able to put in place modifications internally for the safeguarding of staff within the palace Uh, and that's really where this should end. I don't think it should be released into public. This doesn't need to feed and fuel the soap opera that surrounds the royal family. That is not their interest. That is not their business and whether that is in the interest of tabloids and newspapers around the world is another matter. That's not who they were trying to serve in carrying out this investigation and this report.
0: Yeah, well... I guess we'll never know what, what went down there. <laughs> All right, well now it is time to break down the royal rules and to help us do that is Lady Violet Manners. She is the executive producer of Duchess the Podcast. Now that explores that historic homes of Great Britain and the women that lead them. This is a fascinating conversation. She grew up in a palace herself, in a castle herself. So take a look at this.
2: I'm um, Violet and I grew up um, at uh, a place called Beaver Castle, which is based in the kind of middle of the UK. Um, and I kind of have like two hats, which I, I seem to sort of alternate between throughout every week. Um, so the first being, I have a, a marketing agency, which has been going for about two and a half years. Um, and we, you know, largely work with luxury brands and helping them sort of navigate the ever-changing landscape that is, you know, luxury. Um, and, 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 and you know, how do you kind of dial into and dial down on um, your consumer and, and, you know, navigate things like, you know, uh, having a healthier, more, um, economical and environmental like supply chain etc etc um so there's lots to that role and that hat and then my kind of fun hat that I like to like take on and off um sporadically is being an executive producer on Duchess to Podcast which is a podcast that my mother and I founded in 2019 and then we released the first series in kind of mid madness of 2020 um you know not knowing that we were you know in the midst of uh, or, or not knowing we were going into the midst of you know a, a terrifying kind of pandemic um which i think kind of probably lent itself slightly to, to podcast listeners and podcasting in general because you know we were all at home had you know ample amounts of time to sort of kick back and enjoy a, a really fun episode um be it duchess or your show or others so um, it was kind of serendipitous, I think, actually, the way that it all panned out for for Duchess, at least. Um, and then Duchess has been going, yeah, but we're in our third series. We, we've actually sadly just finished our third series.
3: So as of Sunday, we released our final episode. Nice. Very nice. I, um, I started listening to the Duchess podcast during the pandemic, sort of, as you said, we had Ah. loads of time and nothing else to do. And I found it so soothing during such an, you know, uncertain time, but I'd love to know why did you and your mother think that historic houses would be interesting? You know, it is, it's so interesting to listen to, but what made you think that this was definitely a topic for a podcast?
2: I mean, I think if you look at, you know, I think if you look at Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Disney, like they forever sought inspiration from period heritage and period history. Um, So, you know, like way, way back into, you know, the kind of sense and sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, long before the likes of Downton Abbey were on the scene, or dare I say now Bridgerton. So I think I was always fascinated, especially having grown up in, you know, private heritage and, and having a really acute understanding of the work that. Goes on behind the scenes to keep sort of behemoth places like, like Beaver and others alive and kicking. Um, I- I, I also think there was a sort of disconnect because you had the wonderful sort of like fantastical, um, dramatic, romanticized sort of stories being told through the likes of Pride and Prejudice, Bridgerton, etc. of, you know, heritage stories from yesteryear. And then you've got this complete disconnect with the reality of what it's really like to live, run, own, manage, you know, private heritage in the 21st century. And I think I was kind of, you know, I've been um, at the receiving end of lots of media interest. You know, around my upbringing at Beaver, along with my siblings, and I kind of just got a little bit bored of the narrative always being, you know, you're spoiled, you're entitled, you're X, Y, and Z because you grew up someone like that. Yes, it's an incredibly privilege place to grow up in and you know no none of us pick where we land but you've got to make the best of where you do and i think from my point of view you know with an understanding of marketing i think i was just really keen that we quite literally grabbed the microphone and sort of started to own the narrative a little bit more around you know what it means to run private heritage not just for the houses themselves the people that live in them but actually the communities that are around them
3: you know I know that um there is a, a beaver episode in the Duchess podcast so we might give away a little bit just in case people go back to listen to it but um does beaver have any sort of historical royal connections that you can share with us I mean
2: we don't I mean yes we do so there are like for example there's a whole suite at beaver Um, which was created for Queen Victoria when she came to stay as with Schoon Palace, which is another fabulous episode on the series. It's where all of the Kings of Scotland have, you know, were once knighted, Um, uh, you know, just as with Schoon, Beaver created an entire suite of rooms for Queen Victoria, which um, actually she only stayed for something like two or three nights, so um, you know that that was like that, that was just how it worked back then. Um, but actually, the history of Beaver and the and the kind of royal connections has been has been one. You know, it's not like we've kind of married into the royal family. My great aunt, Lady Ursula, um, was the Queen's um, was one of the Queen Elizabeth's. Um, She was—I can't remember the official word, which is awful—but she was at her coronation, and she was one of the kind of forebearers of Queen Elizabeth's coronation. So that's kind of, yeah, yes, exactly. (laughs) She was. But she, so that was two, three generations ago now. So that's the kind of closest link that we've had with the royal family since. Um, And Lady Ursula, my aunt, great aunt, who's now sadly passed away at a hundred. She was quite amazing. She remembers that story vividly. So for me, you know, I remember growing up when I was younger and constantly asking her, because we have all of her regalia that she, you know, was, um, that she wore to the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. And I remember asking her kind of, you know, over tea what what it was like and and having the sort of story told to me firsthand from her was remarkable. Um, But I think that, so Beaver's history has been kind of fleeted with, yes, days from the royal family, but we've never kind of directly married into the royal family um, in that sense. Um, And actually my mum, we're hoping to do sort of more episodes with my mother and, you know, possibly a few people at Beaver with the sherry, with the series that's a kind of um, I'm giving you a sneak peek into potentially like the direction of the show for the next series but um but she she talks about and she has just spoken about actually in our jubilee episode she speaks about um, you know her sort of interaction with the queen um, and and yeah so that's sort of our that's the extent of our sort of relations with the Royals I right love
0: now. that I love that have you had any interactions with the royal family?
2: I have done, yes, in the past. Um, not for a long time, um, mm-hmm. but uh, just very fleetingly. But it's, yeah, and not, not, not for a long time, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, I mean, it's obviously Prince William's 40th today. Yeah. So um, I think they are a, a total kind of inspiration to anyone that's, you know, grown up or frankly, you know, now runs uh, Private Heritage. I think the Queen most especially of all is like the ultimate kind of matriarch um, and and really like is a huge, I know, um, inspiration to the women that we've had on our show date
0: i don't know about you christine but i am booking my tickets i'm heading to these castles
3: i will meet you out there i know right we need a weekend away like in a a palace we've earned it at this point we really have all right well let's get to our royal history
0: moment of the week and queen elizabeth shared a photo with her father king george to mark father's day i love this just a, a very intimate fun moment between the two of them and and you know it's she it's obviously when she was a princess a very young and looks like to be in her early 20s so a very nice photo of the two of them
3: i know we've seen so many photos of you know the last 70 years of her reign it's nice to have these reminders of you know these you know private family moments yes definitely all
0: right well let's check in in our pine sized palace and princess charlotte maybe the next Soccer or football star. During a visit to England women's team, Prince William revealed that his seven-year-old daughter is a budding football player. After meeting the players and receiving three football shirts for his children, he said... Charlotte wanted me to tell you that she is really good at goal. She said, please tell them that she's a budding star for the future. I love that. I love when we get these little tidbits of, um, you know, the kids and what they're into and um, how they are. And she seems like she's really into soccer.
3: I love this. You know, that Prince William was at the breakfast table telling them what he was doing today. And, you know, they're all so jealous. This is totally so jealous. I'm I sure. know. I can just see Charlotte piping up like, oh, tell
0: them this. Yes, <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. I mean, we've had reporting that she is, you know, top of her class, that she is, you know, very smart into gymnastics, acrobats, things like
3: that. So it seems like she is very well rounded. Yes. I, I mean, oh my goodness. They have so much, you know, so much available to them. And I'm glad that they're embracing it and letting those kids get into everything that they're interested in. 100%. I love it. Well, Christine, thank you so much for
0: Breaking down all things Royals with me as always. And as always, it was a very busy week. This was so
3: busy. I'm sure next week is not going to be any different.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Um, well, like we said before, keep commenting, keep subscribing. We love seeing what you guys have to say each and every week. And for more Royals, head on over to usmagazine.com where we have you completely covered. We will see you guys next week. Bye.